You found it. It's the Japan What Podcast. Blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo. I'm your co-host, Matt Bigelow. And I'm Tom Molesky. We present to you the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective and zero insight. Zero insight, corona-free guaranteed. Kind of guarantee it. I indeedly doodly guarantee it. What goes on in your head A million things But only some are ever said Even though I'm scattered wide You're always right there by my And that was New Zealand artist Grant Rolls with his track Shining Light from the uh, EP Shining Light. Actually, you can check him out. As always, all our music information from the show is uh, listed on our Japan What uh, page. Um, if you want to find out any more information about these uh, musicians and support them, we encourage you to do so. And for today, I as well have a song. I was rooting through some of my old practice recordings from the Dead Sea Dropouts, oh, which really? was uh, Japan's premier klezmer band. Ah. And uh, I got into the habit of just putting mics everywhere. And yesterday I was looking through an old file and I was trying to learn about compression. So I thought I would just compress the shit out of all of these uh, mics. Oh, okay. Recorded about a year ago, more than that. And this is the result. This is from a practice. It's not a real studio session. Thank you. 
Nice. I'll say this. Um, I, uh, I like our theme song very much, but if occasionally you took a clip of this and put it in as either the, ending, the opening or ending track, I would not be against it. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. No worries. Yeah, that, that was actually a really fun project while it lasted. Um, and of course, we would do these live shows, and a lot of the music is similar to what Grant is doing, right? Yeah, Which yeah. is good, but yeah. it's a little bit standard. Oh, yeah, but yeah. then we would come in as Dead Sea Dropouts and play that, and people were like, what? the hell is yeah. this i mean th that comes right out of left field and, yeah it uh, does yeah you can hear the um violin getting louder in the mix yeah, in yeah, that yeah. song. that's not me yeah that's just because it's all acoustic instruments so it, when he moves his ah, violin yeah, yeah, sure. the microphone starts yeah. picking up or if he angles the violin away from the oh, microphone wow. or towards the microphone yeah it totally uh changes the uh the input nice as a, you know when you're doing electric guitars yeah, yeah. You're, you're just putting a mic up to a uh an amplifier yeah, right right and yeah. you're just your electric guitars make no noise. Right, right, but right. But when you put them onto an amplifier, they make yeah. tons of noise. So you yeah. can really regulate the amount of noise coming through the uh, amplifier. Right. But with that kind of live acoustic stuff, I mean... Yeah, every little factor makes a makes a difference in the sound. Yeah. Yeah. It exists as an organic presence yeah. before Organics being right captured word. by uh, technology. Nice. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I was a fan. I was a fan before before we actually met in person. I was. Oh, a fan. really? Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. I was like, I was oh. only the drummer, but uh, only I, the drummer. I Come wanted to um, take. There's basically two approaches to klezmer music. Okay. There's the 1920s approach, which is marching band. Well, of course. And the 1960s and 70s approach, yeah. which is academic, where oh. everybody studies all of the little. 30-second notes precisely, and then right, tries right. to blend them all together. Okay. And I wanted to actually go back to the 1920s style, which is like a oompa almost. Yeah, 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 right, and right. So that's why the drumming in there is not, it's not super complex, but it just yeah. kind of... Well, if you're doing anything else in the middle of it, if you're saying it like a, like a marching band or something like that, it's going to have an effect yeah. on your sound, too. Oh yeah, but and it's involved. It also yeah. gets in the way of the lead instruments. Oh wow. Where yeah. if, if I start doing other things, yeah. then the, the violin isn't gonna be as heard as much. So yeah. by restricting it as much as possible, but right. also putting in the most necessary beats, wow. you can actually bring up the other members of the band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, that's kind of what I like doing. And yeah. you said you were only the drummer. I was only the drummer. You're so modest. <laughs> <laughs> I am when it comes to uh to my uh, my music, but not when it comes to my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> music and insight, that's when you're... <laughs> yes, zero, yes, exactly. That's why there's zero insight. That's why. It's kind of a joke. So what else have you been up to um, outside of uh, refurbishing old tracks of klezma music? Well, um, the coronavirus. Yes. Sweeping the globe. Yes. To a weird panic. A dull panic. A weird panic is the right way. Um, yeah, it, you know, it. it's more of a logistics problem than anything else. Sure. Of course, people are dying, but the it's kind of weird that Wuhan, where or Bukhan, where this virus yeah. comes from, it's like the center of manufacturing for the whole world. Yeah. And there's also a you know, and no one knew. No one knew. Yep. And then it's a it's a choking point or a bottleneck, and yeah, then and that yeah, right. gets interfered with and. Hello, just in time. Yeah, uh, you know, manufacturing and shipping and all that. Yeah, it gets basically screwed the pooch. 
So I was yeah. uh, teaching at this company, a, sure. a telecom company and yeah. an AI company, and yeah. I'm t- I have a big screen TV. I don't have any textbooks. I just have a computer yep, connected right. to the internet, yeah. and I research and I present to engineers mm-hmm. market trends for artificial intelligence yeah, yeah. and IoT and things like that, and also research. Yeah, And so it's pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah, nice. It's not bad. <laughs> but then uh, this manager guy comes in, and yeah. he's like, boom, starting from tomorrow, uh, we don't need English classes uh, for two weeks. Uh, we're going to send you somewhere. You can either come to work and do nothing or do nothing from home. Uh, so you, you can make that choice. And I say, sir, I appreciate the options. I will do nothing from home. And he yes. says, yes, that's uh, that's fine. Yeah. Of course, your pay is not going to be interrupted. And we will contact you through your agency uh, closer to the March 11th uh, date for your uh, return schedule. And, and then the mm. day ended. Yeah. And that was last Wednesday. And all of a sudden, I just have two weeks of nothing to do because of the coronavirus. Amazing and worrying, um, I, I find. Yeah. And um, the news, it's interesting how abruptly this news always seems to be broken, especially like with you, it was just like, okay, tomorrow, from tomorrow, you know, like it's just, and then... Um, like, well, I've been following it for two or three hours every day, the oh, coronavirus, sure, sure. since the beginning of January. But even um, the announcement of the closure of the schools for uh, a month, everybody's like, what, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, every, everybody's like in a panic. Yeah. It's like, well... What do you think was that going to happen? Yeah, but it's also, and it's also like, we're working parents. Like, okay, our kid is not in school anymore. Now what are we supposed to do? I saw that a few times in um, different, uh, actually just from friends in this area saying, okay, from, you know, next week or whatever, our kid is going to be home by him or herself while we're out working. What are we supposed to do? Yeah, you should have been teaching them cooking instead of <laughs> uh, tic-tac-toe. Yeah. Parents. I mean, if it was Generation X time, um, it wouldn't be a problem because there were so many latchkey kids. Yeah, but, I mean, just open the door and yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Babysitter will take care of you and turn on the TV, you know, like yes, a little yes. bit of that, but yes. but uh, raised yeah. by fast food and yeah. uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, I guess this is why we're not heard so much, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, by the way, I came in late. Sorry about that, but um, it was um, uh, JJ. Do you know the the Jinshin Jiko? Oh yes, yeah. The earthquake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, right. No, no, that's not no. it. <laughs> For those, uh, it's called a human-related accident. Um, on the trains. Not to be too much of a downer, but often somebody jumped on the tracks. Probably because of the coronavirus. I uh, guess so, yeah. They, I mean, they had no toilet paper because everybody panicked <laughs> bought the toilet paper. And the person in question didn't want to run around with a dirty cooch. So they just jumped in front of a high-speed train and uh, made you late for the podcast. Uh, it's amazing how don't worry, alike your, our minds are. Your, your pay is not going to be docked. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not to be too callous about this. Unfortunately, this does happen a lot here in Tokyo. You, uh, I've, I say every other day. There's probably an announcement of that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of that's why I don't take the trains. Yeah, I'm yeah. worried that someone's gonna push me from behind and try to claim insurance money that does that doesn't exist. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. I haven't heard this one before, and I thought I'd heard them all. Uh, stop messing with me, Bigelow. Um, All right. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, how about you? Did you have any any pressing issues you wanted to bring forth to the people? No pressing issues. Uh, but I did uh, check out a show last night, actually. I went oh, out really? to... Uh, actually, uh, the band I 
I mention every now and again, aeronauts. Okay, all right. So we have Masked Matt. You were on public yesterday. This is a new character we're doing. You could be a spreader. That's true, yes. You could be a spreader. I could be. Where was I? You were at a show. (laughs) Thank you. It's a bit out of, uh, by the way, just... uh, You were out getting the coronavirus. I was out getting the coronavirus, that's right. I was... um, it's a little bit, uh, it's a live house that's a bit off the beaten path, but if you can find it, it is definitely worth going to because the sound quality is phenomenal. Uh, Asakusa Gold Sounds is the name of it. It used to be called Kurawood. And um, I went down because I Black had... Blackwood. Yeah, I had bra- um, promised uh, Aeronauts I would go see them, and I hadn't seen them in a, quite a while. So I went down, and they were actually celebrating the third year anniversary uh, concert. So um, they had... Sonano. Yeah, they had five bands out there, and I'm not usually down for seeing five or four bands that I don't know, so I was looking for the excuse band. The excuse band is, eh, this band's not so good, I'll go home. Yes. But I ended up staying till the end because every band was great. Oh. Yeah, um, it was, uh, I saw my friends, Aeronauts, I missed the first band because I just... It's the first band, that's yeah. why they're there, they're there to miss. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I stopped doing uh, opening shows with my acoustic stuff, because yeah. it's just like... Hey, we're gonna get an acoustic guy in here, and yeah. he can be here when no one else is here. Yeah, that's right. Kind of, he yeah. can warm up the air, basically. Yeah, exactly. But um, the well, next me. band I saw was this band called Golgo Butch, and they were kind of guys a little bit up there, a little bit at least over forty, but they were like this hardcore punk kind of thrash band. That's when you need to be punk. Yeah, and it kind of kind of treaded the line between them, and then they sometimes go into kind of like a Rage Against the Machine sound. And the guy's just jumping everywhere. He dives and he knocks over a table full of drinks. No one knows what to do. I'm in the back just laughing my ass off, just half of being amused and half of enjoying the music. And I was like, oh, I got to stay for this band. Then the next band was a friend of Aeronauts called Wash. And um, they're actually more just alternative rock kind of, but really in a good way. And then there's a final band was a band called Soul D, uh, exclamation point. And um, they were like a real throwback to the old Red Hot Chili Peppers, like the first time Frusciante uh, became a guitarist. Give it away, give it away, Yeah, now. maybe that one in Uplift Mofo Party Plan album. And uh, But the lead singer was more of a... Um, she was kind of uh, a female... Music is my aeroplane. <laughs> Not that, that's uh, Navarro, I think. But anyway... Um, oh, Frusciante, the Frusciante. early days? Uh, Aeroplane was after that. That was one hot minute, I think. Yes. Yeah, it was after Blood Sugar Sex. I don't know if he had left by that point. Right. In any case, yes. semantic, yeah. Um, but it's kind of a Japanese female soul singer, but kind of that tinny soul, not more nasally soul than um, than like soul, that R&B soul that we know. Oh, do you mean like this? I smoke boot, I ate. I smoke boot. I went to Chinatown. Way back in old Hong Kong To get some egg bouillon And then I heard a gong Bling, ting, tong Gotta sing that song called I smoke a boot, I ain't I smoke a boot I like how you let that go just a little bit too long. (laughs) (laughs) To finish the progression. (laughs) You're right. I probably would have too. But um but yeah, she was kind of more of a a soul singer than kind of the the rapper that Kitas is, but it it worked, basically. And it was really fun, really good show. So soul dash D 
exclamation point. If you have a chance to see them, check them out as well. So the whole show was great, and I was looking to leave because I wanted to go home, but I was like, nope, music kept me there. Cool, man. Sounds like a good show. It was a lot of fun. Were there a lot of people there? There were, actually. Even the bands were commenting, we weren't expecting this many to show up. It was wow. probably like between 40 and 50 people for a, for a small live house. Which That's is, perfect. Yeah. That's what you need. It was a fun show. Yeah. Very fun. And I caught up and I hung out with the band a little bit. The the guy from the, the punk thrash guy just kind of... I was in a suit because I came right from work in an overcoat and the only foreigner. And um, he, he kind of eyed me up and down as he walked past me, like, what the hell are you doing here? Oy. Did you get lost? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. The temple's that way, Yeah. Sir. I'm like, I'm still bigger than you, you know? <laughs> and I work out. <laughs> um, I was, uh, speaking of gigs, yeah. uh, I did some research uh, regarding the economic effects of this so-called virus all right we yeah. all know it's a bioweapon uh, yeah sold by uh barack obama to the chinese no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> careful before you're <laughs> i know well everybody's talking about like don't spread the fake news and i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah. um so i went out and i actually got some uh real news okay. uh, about this the uh, thing regarding how it's affecting uh sure. lifestyle in japan yeah and how it's affecting some of the um music uh, industry yeah. in japan as well yeah sure so I was on the uh, the Cool Foreigners in Japan Facebook page, and I quite like that page um, mm-hmm. because it's not too busy, and there's some like good posts there. Yeah. Sometimes when you get up to like the fifteen thousand mark, and it's just ads, 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 ads. Oh yeah, day. yeah. They're sure. not they're not that high, mm-hmm. so you get some good feedback from them. Mm, um, yeah. well, where is that? Where did my uh... Oh, no. Were you going to read the comments? Because yeah. I have them printed out oh, here. Oh, okay. okay. You read the comments. Then. Okay. Reactions from Cool Foreigners in Japan Facebook thread started by Matt. Um, number one, I wash my hands 15 plus times a day. Um, that can be detrimental after a while because there's, I think there's necessary bacteria you start to kill off and, and then that actually your skin starts to break out. So watch that. Uh, number two, traveling and sightseeing is a lot more fun right now because there are fewer tourists. Um Agree with that a little bit. I always have a seat on the train, and it uh, coming into Tokyo Station today was weird because it was so empty. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, um, I do like that though. We are podcasting right beside Tokyo yeah, Station. Yeah, we today. are very close. It's quite dead. Number three, uh, I'm sleepless because my business depends on foreign tourism, and they are canceling their trips and afraid to come to Japan. They ask me if it is safe, but I cannot say sure. I can only tell them I feel safe if I wash my hands and stay away from crowds. But I also direct them to updates. Um, I have lost most of my spring reservations. It does not affect me in terms of catching the virus, as I live a very non, in a very non-populated, uh, dense area. But it does affect my income. This one I feel for you. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not a lot you can do. There's, uh, I mean, you take for granted people will always come visit Japan. But yeah. but if you can't control that, we're, we're really seeing the effects of of trying to promote such tourism in japan like yeah. 40 million tourists a year the government is hoping for yeah and then this type of thing happens yeah. and boom it's yeah. gone immediately the perfect storm yeah. yeah um and uh last one we're out of toilet paper not because of the virus but because of the stupidity of panicking people yeah yep what are you gonna do agree you got to prepare for that though yeah everybody's in a situation like this people are gonna panic now so it's up to you to yeah. prepare for that yeah 
it's not the fact that suddenly you are ripped off because there's no more toilet paper. It's no, you need to prepare as well because other people are preparing. You don't need to buy five thousand rolls of toilet paper and sell them on eBay at jacked up prices. That's what I think they're doing. Actually, they might be doing that. But yeah. if, if that's the case, if the market is creating that short term demand, you also got to prepare for it. Um, Isn't it maybe I a snowball the, effect though? Snowball effect, but who cares? Okay, do you want to be with or without toilet paper? True. Yeah, that's at the end of the day. Uh, we ordered a whole bunch of toilet paper, maybe just like 48 rolls, Yeah, me and my wife, my yeah. wife and I, like a couple of weeks ago. Sure, sure, yeah. And uh, we also saw the masks running out, so we're like, well, if the masks are running out now, yeah. toilet paper's going to be next. Yeah, and that's a good point. And we also ordered a month's worth of meat and put it into the freezer. Oh, nice, okay. Portioned it out. Yeah. yeah. Actually, next week, we'll see if you were, if that call was on point, you know, <laughs> yeah. if that's the next bu- spending uh, panic craze. Well, I remember in the March 11th uh, tsunami disaster, right. um, after a few days, logistics kind of returned to normal. Yeah, but yeah. so much has changed in the in the in the logistics world since then, sure, with sure. just in time manufacturing mm-hmm. and everything coming from China. Yep, and also companies really streamlining their product lines so yeah. they have fewer warehouses just full of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So then, when something hits, that 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 reserve is immediately depleted. Yeah, and you can't you can't shore it up. In time for the for the demand to right. be, you know, uh, uh, there's going to be a lag time to it. Yeah, yeah, to a lag time to it. So, anyways, yeah. Um, um, but this time, mm-hmm. I don't think that we're going to see a lot of meat or and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going. But in terms of these singularity, not these single types of things like toilet paper, right? Masks, maybe even some sort of dish soap or something like that. Ah, it, that, that could, could be, also, yeah. in terms of that, you know, yeah. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, you, you might also just kind of go branch out. What what's the next thing after toilet paper? All the tissue paper, all any kind of paper towel products. I get the feeling that those will start going quickly yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So we stocked up, oh. but not in a panic way, but just like oh, it looks like um, a lot of people are being assholes. Yeah, we should probably be a little bit of an asshole too. Yeah, the hoarding, right? Yeah, we got to all hoard a bit. <laughs> yeah, preppers. Everyone's like, "Ah, oh, preppers are just stupid." Hey, where'd everything go? It's not fair. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta. Y- not... You can't stop it. That's the thing. I mean, you can comment on it, but you're not going to stop it. So you got to still prep for it. Yeah. I'm not digging tunnels to Korea, you know, I'm just making sure I got meat in the fridge. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I also think I'm, a, as, as you're from the north part of America. Yeah. Right, and I'm from the mid part of Canada. Yeah. We're used to preparing for for events because yeah. if you don't, you die. True enough, yeah. Because of the, the if the winter comes in and yeah. you're not prepared, you die. Right. And so for me, this type of thing where you just kind of, I, I naturally look at it going, okay, if I don't prepare, I don't have it. And if I don't have it, it's my fault. Right. And then I'm going to be fucked. Unfortunately, the sensibility of um, Japan as well as the house size, it doesn't encourage it as much. In the States, we had a bigger house. We had a we always had a place for things, you know what I mean, to store. Yeah. Here it's always like throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, make more room, make more room, make more room. So that sensibility kind of clashes poorly with a situation like this. It's crazy. It when is. You, when you move over here and uh, you realize that space is, is used. Yeah. Because I remember having rooms in Canada right. just you'd never go into. Exactly, like, same. Yeah. Or people would be like, this room is empty. I really need to furnish it. And then they yeah. would spend $15,000 furnishing a room they'd yeah. never go into. Right, right. I need <laughs> to do something with all this space. Yeah, yeah exactly. Weird. I'm going to watch Home and Garden TV for the next six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then I refurbish my whole, my whole life. By the Time Life books, if you remember those. <laughs> 
Um, we should be having a caller uh, joining us relatively soon, I believe so. And who um, is this? Who is Evan this Wish. But before that, I just want to finish up with the mm-hmm. more economic impact of the coronavirus on uh, the music scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of gigs have been canceled because of the coronavirus. Yeah, this uh, is a bummer. We got New Order, yeah, which is a really big kind of techno band, right? Right, like an electronic yeah. band. Kind of the pioneer. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals uh, as I like well. them too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have ZOA and Boris. I don't know who they are. Brooke Candy, Ravina. Uh, all of these All of these people have been... Um, uh, canceling their shows. So and uh, yeah, also uh, a little bit ahead, but uh, April seventeenth, it also says Mac DeMarco, which is another shame. I would have who I actually really like. Mac DeMarco, April seventeenth, Tokyo show is also uh, canceled. Tickets can be refunded. Yeah. So, well, with all this free time and there's no chance to see uh, a major act, why not go to a live house and? Uh, Support your local indie musicians. It's worth your time. <laughs> Punctuate that. Damn it. The last... Oh, you... Oh, you, one more? You left me hanging. Okay, sorry, dude. It's all right. Here you all go. Right. It's the least you could do. The least you could do, indeed. <laughs> all right, we got Evan Wish on the horn here. We're going to get this uh, call going. Yeah. Um, let's get the call. Uh, Evan Wish, can you please uh, welcome to the podcast? Thank you for joining us. You're on the you're on the horn here on the blower with myself, Matt Bigelow, and uh, myself, Tom Molesky. Hey, thank you for having me. It's welcome, great. welcome. I, yes. Um, can you begin uh, by introducing yourself, please, to our audience? My name is Evan Wish. Good. And uh, could you tell us a little about your background? Um, Canadian. Grew up in uh, Brandon, Manitoba. Okay. From uh, Manitoba, eh? Let's get a twofer and uh, shoot some gophers out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I actually, we did that because when I was a kid, oh. I went and got a job on a farm. I had a little motorcycle. Nice. So, um, growing up, playing Go for piano, killer. Um, <clears throat> school bands, I was playing saxophones in the orchestra. I played oboe. So I had this very restricted life. And when I got a dirt bike, I went cuckoo, so I went and worked out on the farmer's fields and uh, enjoyed myself immensely. Yeah, it's fun. I, I grew up in rural Alberta, actually, uh, so I know exactly what you mean, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's like 30 square kilometers with, with only one human and, and a whole bunch of varmints. <laughs> you know, I actually, um, when I was 17, 18, I moved up to the Northwest Territories at uh, Fort Smith, Yellowknife. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I lived up here, right? Listen to you. <laughs> I lived up there for a year and a half. Yeah, That's... with the Inuits. <laughs> I, I grew up in suburban Connecticut. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, take off it. Yeah. <laughs> Leave us hosers alone yeah. there, eh? <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, eh? <laughs> All so, right, yes. You know, I did this music, went up north, <laughs> and uh, when I was living up north, um, like, you know, I, you have to understand, I lived a really solid uh, classical life and music life and, and the YMCA and hockey and baseball. So um, when I took off up north, I didn't touch the piano for a year and a half. And then one day I sat on the piano... 
and I wasn't feeling all that great, didn't know what the hell I was going to do with myself. And I started to play the piano, and a song came. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is pretty cool. So uh, I realized that the song came because my emotions were stronger than anything around me. And if I let my emotions go, it could take me to a place where I could compose music. Oh, At that point, I moved back down to Winnipeg, Manitoba. I took two teachers, a classical teacher and a jazz teacher. The guy wanted to teach me jazz. And I said, no, no, no. Show me uh, how to write on music, what I'm doing here on the piano. That was for three years. And I was working with preschoolers. And there was a piano in the corner. So I started to play little songs, developing programs with the kids. I took that to the Canadian government and said, hey, I found this really cool school that's private in Los Angeles. I can't learn this kind of music here in Canada. Will you give me the money to go there? Oh, wow. And I got the money. Nice. Wow. And so I went to America, mm -hmm. and I was immediately thrust into this Hollywood uh, writers thing where the teachers were... Um, 18 years writing in Hollywood for Starsky and Hutch, Charlie's Angels, Love Boat, Master Classes with Henry Mancini, Bill Conti, Lalo Schifrin, uh, Nelson Riddle, who did the music for Frank Sinatra. And every week we had to write for a 22-piece big band jazz arrangement. Wow. Um, 38-piece ensembles, and you graduated with a 72-piece orchestra. I did that for two and a half years. Wow. I... What did you learn in that time? That uh, when you take a gig, and because what they were trying to teach us is what you are going to be responsible to be able to handle in the real world of writing music in the entertainment business, which means you don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you literally don't sleep. We would, because because they also teach you the twenty styles of of music that makes up the entertainment business. It's the American trademark of the entertainment business. Everybody copies it all over the world. It's twenty different styles: marching band, like you see a movie. They're out in the middle of the middle of Alberta, mm -hmm. right? And uh, yeah, the guy eh? turns on the radio. And a country and western song starts to play, right? Well, the composer he can compose that piece. It yeah. doesn't have, to, you know, it doesn't have to be a piece from a country and western artist because you know what happens? Well, you got to pay the user fee, right? Right. Yeah. You got to you got to pay the master fee. Well, that all got shut to hell over the last forty years in the music business because now they just drop a needle and call it fair use. Ah, uh, um, yeah. Hmm. But that's what we learned. Marching bands. You come to another small town in Connecticut. <laughs> the school band is marching down the street and you write a marching band piece. You see? Now, uh, so, just as someone who's not, doesn't have any kind of background in this, um, normally you're, say you're composing for something like a 72-piece orchestra. How many separate pieces of music are you actually uh, creating in this? Like, is it... it is I'm sorry. I I, I like uh, you, you're you've. I know you've. Um, you said saxophone and piano as well. But is it actually to compose a piece like this? Is this different type of music for each like section of instrument? Like 
how many different how many adjustments are you making to the main piece okay so so you got you got the melody yes uh you got the bass line yeah right Mm-hmm. And then you have the the inner stuff, which is the harmony, right? Which, right. okay, um, like like say if you have a triad, there's yeah. three notes, right? Yep. You have C E G, okay? okay? Yep. You got three notes. It's a triad. Mm-hmm. So let's say G, the top note is the melody, mm-hmm. the C is the bass line, and the E is the harmony. Okay. okay. So what you do when you have an orchestra, yeah, is you you are going to assign mm-hmm. tonally. Yes. What fits those areas? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the you know you can put the low contrabass, the the bass guitar, okay. the cellos down there on the bottom, mm-hmm. the flutes, the violins up on the top, and then you mm. got the middle ground where you get to play around with clarinets, saxophones. Each instrument, you learn the basics of the instruments as well. Yeah, what that's they're, what they're capable of doing and what they're not capable of doing. Yeah, I, I understand, like people say, I'm working day and night, but I, I really wanted to get a sense of how much time and effort and brain power actually goes into this, creating this kind of piece. Well, on average, um, it was taking me, let's say I do a 22-piece big band. Yeah. Um, uh, and the main instructor was Dick Grove, because at that time it was called the Dick Grove School of Music. Okay. And this guy was insane. He was just, he was a master writer. It would take me about 33 hours of writing. Wow. 33? Uh, oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, per, per, so like, you know, uh, and after I finished the first 20 weeks of charts, because the school runs in every six months, yeah. I did the next 20 charts again. So I did 40 charts in a row to get, to get it really under my belt. How do you deal with, like, burning out on something like this? Because it, it sounds, like, just mentally exhausting. Well, if you saw me yeah. and it wasn't a blog, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you would see the wrinkles on my face. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a young Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's kind of like the scenario, you know what I mean? Um, no, I mean, it is, it is, uh, I, I saw friends, I would meet friends of mine who went on to become uh, BMI award winners for TV and this and that, and they literally looked like hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like um, I don't know, like a young intern out of medical school. You know what I mean? Like that with those crazy hours that that you'd be pulling. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just um, after a while though, it, it feels like there's a point where it's like I can't think of anything anymore. Like, is there any technique that you learn to get through it? Uh, we were told that you close your eyes, you raise your hand above the piano, mm-hmm. and you just push your finger down, and oh. whatever note you hit. That's where you start the song from. Oh, because wow. Because you don't have time. Yeah. Uh, what, what happens is, is when you're writing for professional, uh, like, like, let's say we're trained as arrangers. Yeah. So yeah. if you're a singer and you're going on the road, mm-hmm. you're going to go to 10 buck tour, the middle of nowhere in Idaho. You're going to maybe tour into uh, Chicago or mm-hmm. Philadelphia. So there's different levels of bands that you're going to call into with to play with you for the rhythm section. So when we were being trained, the some of the musicians that were studying at the school that weren't studying to be writers, to be studio musicians, there'd be band level one, band level two, band level three. Mm, wow. So, so we had to write according to, um, you had to know how to write a piece of music so that if you had musicians that were at top end, like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. Paris, London, you know. Tokyo. Yeah. Tokyo, you know, I mean, where they can see a piece of music 
and 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 just read it. Yeah. Which I can't. Which I can't do. I'm a writer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the kind of guy who can look at a piece of music and just play it. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, wow. I'll tell people, okay, well, I need like about a week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. That sight yeah. writing blows my mind. I've worked with people who are really good at sight reading as well, and they can transpose in their head and just look at the sheet music and immediately play a third above it or, or do like a minor harmonic relative oh, tone. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how people can process that information in their head. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you have to understand that I started all this. I was except, you know, you had to audition to get into Dick Grove School. Right. You had to. Yeah, I had to fly from Manitoba to Los Angeles. Audition. He accepts me, and then I had to make sure I got the money from the government. Yeah, yeah. And then right. you got to perform. And then you got to then you got to show up for school. And now you know you're 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 you're. Uh, I'm a foreigner coming into America. Uh, uh, your family had to put up $10,000 bond. Oh, wow. Right? Bond. Plus, I had, to, I had to get an apartment, and nobody wants to rent to me because right. I have no history in America. No credit, so, yeah. you know, you learn, I mean, your whole life jumps into the flow of uh, survival, talking quickly on your feet, selling yourself, because people are going to hire you if they can trust you. Right, yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter if you are the best genius, if you can read a piece of music, if you can do this or you can... People will only trust you if they can hire you. So you have to have a persona that 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 will come across where people are going to hire you. Yeah. I dropped out of that kind of thing. Yeah. I stopped that kind of writing. Yeah. And I decided at a certain point that if I was... I had a choice. Either I was going to become an artist mm -hmm. yeah. or I was going to do this and it was going to eat me up because I'm too emotional. Oh, wow. When I start when I started to write for TV and film, yeah, I had I had a hard time with the crassness of, of the business. It was mercenary. Oh my God! And then yeah. they wouldn't pay you. Ah, uh, yeah. For the studio, you paid for the musicians, and they go, "Yeah, the checks in the mail. Yeah, the checks in the mail." Uh, that show business, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, crazy and yet um, very believable about how how cold it can be. The whole industry can be. Now, um, moving on to maybe a, a happier topic, oh, you are yeah, yeah, sorry. speaking of going somewhere and challenging yourself yeah. in a new environment. Okay. We also hear that you're coming to Japan. Yes. Segway. I'm coming to Japan. I booked myself. You know, I had a friend who um, the reason why I was coming to Japan is because I had a friend in Japan that became a friend through through like talking on Skype or, you know, on the Internet. And one day he said, I would like you to come to Japan and perform here so I can see you live. And I start to laugh because, you know, you guys are like over there. <laughs> I'm over here. I mean, so, but I thought, you know, what the heck? Why not try it? Because he knew oh. uh, some very influential people. Okay. So once again, January 2019, I get on a plane and I fly to Japan. I meet these influential people, and they say, "Yeah, we can we can kind of help you." Great. So I okay. put myself into the Musa Kawasaki uh, venue. It's really nice, uh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, not the big hall, not the twenty nine hundred seats, because I, there would be no way I would fill that. Uh, but the recital room, and I proceed to get a couple of coordinators. I hire my own uh, event producer. 
I'm going to bring along my producer engineer, who, who is Peter Granite. Peter Granite is very well known from the 70s, toured the world with Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, did the Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, wow. did Van Morrison, Linda Ronstadt, Eddie Rabbit, uh, Van Morrison, um, wait, Ravi Shankar, George Harrison. It's endless. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. This guy. That's the good thing about Los Angeles. Just name dropping. <laughs> yeah. This guy, believe it or not, at an ex-girlfriend's house, when there was still cassettes, you know, you put music on cassettes and people listened to it. An ex-girlfriend played my cassette of some music I had done. And he walked up to me and said he wanted to record me. Oh, fantastic. Wow. And I said, okay, you're, you know, you're nuts. You're, uh, you're mm-hmm. high. Get yeah. away from me. <laughs> well, you might say he has an ear for it. <laughs> this is that was 1995. Oh, wow. And then I convinced Peter to come to Los. I just finished doing a new album with him, my mm-hmm. third album. Yes. Called uh, Alone in a Crowd. Mm-hmm. So here we are. I'm to fly to Tokyo mm-hmm. on the 8th. And your premiere says all um, public functions. Yeah. Are to stop. Yeah, so we have the coronavirus really putting a plug into a lot of people's fun, but that doesn't and that doesn't mean that uh, you still can't get something out of it, though, Mister Wish. Well, they, they they closed down the hall. Oh, really? They, did they cancel they your show? Did they yeah. tell you? <laughs> they closed down all five of my shows. Oh no! Oh dear! Yeah. So is this is the latest news? Is there anything about when the this is this literally twenty four hours. Oh my god! I found this out. Thanks for being uh, on the podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So, what do you? What's the, this so is what's a your, to us, What's audience. your reaction to all this, and what are you thinking of doing? Yeah. Well, if I could still come there, see. The funny thing was, is I was going to choose either the second weekend of March or the third weekend of March. Now, mm-hmm. to come there, you have to book the concert hall. Six months in advance oh, and sure, pay yeah. for it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Plus, I had to hire a Pro Tools guy from Tokyo to do the Pro Tools work. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, I mean, along the road, you're hiring this person, that person, this person, that person. You got to give these people money. You have to give them an advance. You have to have the hotels, uh, the airlines. I mean, we're, like all the pamphlets, all the flyers, the logistics the of it all, right? Yeah. My goodness. Huh? It's a logistics nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm doing it all myself. I'm running it. Yeah. So um, you've heard cancellations. Have you heard anything about any sort of refunds, any uh, any rescheduling, anything like that? Well, what I'm, what I'm going on mm-hmm. is I am postponing. Okay. I am going on the belief that I'm... See, because I won't really want to bring my music to Japan. Sure, I'm sure. A, you know, because when I stopped doing, uh, or when I told myself to not do TV and film, but just be the pianist that I was when I grew up, which was my first love, mm-hmm. sitting and playing the piano. Um, my gift is is that when I play the piano, I make you really feel the music. Yeah, that's a, a, truly a gift, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's what I realized from very, you know, from when the first time I started to compose is I have this gift that uh, I, I, I hit your heart. 
Um, because you see, if I'm writing the music from my heart, from my emotions, from deep emotion, then it's heart music. So when you hear it, because we're all, we're all the same, we're all built the same, we all have these heart emotions, you know, um, you're going to feel it in your heart. Wow. Yeah. So you're going to postpone, uh, so you're not, are you going to cancel your trip as well? Yeah, that's, yeah, next thing I was. Well, I really wish Musa, Musa would have allowed me to come in, even if I couldn't have an audience, I would have come in and done, because my whole point of also of coming to Japan, not only to introduce my music to them, is to do a live recording and release a Japanese edition uh, limited edition phonograph LP. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a great like, plan. Like one of a kind, one of a kind album that I was going to release. Right. And, and it was going to be an LP with a mixture of the three, uh, three albums I have, the three CDs I put out. Um, I just finished getting all the brand new ones in boxes here. Everything was ready, ready to fly over with me. Um, it's a shock. Yeah. yeah, that's horrible. So you're 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 deciding not to come then, or is it? Yeah, it's been decided. Well, we, yeah, we don't know yet until Monday. In fact, wow, because I'm Canadian, the Canadian embassy had invited me. I I, I got to know them, and then all of a sudden I got to know the Ch Canadian Chamber of Commerce, and they were going to really push hard for the 14th to be uh, Canada White Day. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the four, you know, because the fourteenth is White Day. So all of a sudden, I had all this extra boost from these people. The embassy alone has twenty thousand people on their mailing list. Wow. Yeah. You know, and then you have the Canadian Commerce uh, Chamber of Commerce, and you know, I was going to go and do some master classes and talk to the kids at school. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's heartbreaking. I think it's called a real bummer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually called things that we can't even say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, oh shucks, man. Oh yeah, dog got it. Oh my yeah. loss. I mean, and here I have, you know, I have some very favorite words. <laughs> but hey, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things that changed my mind about really deciding to become an artist was. Um, Okay, so I went to this music school in the 80s, and by the late 80s, early 90s, I was performing at, you know, you start to perform. So you get your gigs at that time at all the top hotels along the Sunset Strip, right? Uh, I was out in Florida, you know, the, the guy uh, Tubbs from Miami Vice. I knew him when he wasn't Tubbs, right? So... Uh, I was doing music with him in Miami, and uh, we're staying at this exclusive hotel in Coconut Grove, and the hotel says, well, you know, um, you have to pay for your room and board because uh, uh, Phil Michael Thomas doesn't want to cover it anymore, but he said you'll play in the club. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're so generous with your time. Yeah. yeah they yeah. Said, are so generous with I your said, well, time. I only, do, I only do original music. And they said, it doesn't matter. Just play. We need a piano player. So I start, that's how I started to perform. Wow. Miami Vice, man. How was, how was, how was Don Johnson? I never met Don. I oh. knew Philip. Never met Don. <laughs> um, but that's why I actually started. And, and since that day in 1987, 
I've never ever performed anybody else's music. Oh wow! Okay. Um, Since then, it's well, we're gonna amazing. play some of your music. I I uh, I uh, I stole some of your music off of YouTube, so we can play it on the podcast. Oh, good! I was gonna because I was gonna send you the videos. Which one is that? And uh, what if? Or yeah, Angels we got we got I got one from um, and what if from your 2015 release, as well as a little clip yeah. from Angels Are Near. From was that 2001 or 2011? Uh, 2011. Yeah, 2011. Um, yeah, that that album uh, uh, was uh, number six, number three, number four for three months worldwide. Mm. I wow. got a nomination um, for that from Hollywood Music and Media, a uh, whole bunch of five-star reviews, and um, that was I did that with live strings. I hired studio strings on that one. That one was expensive. The piano is a Bosendorfer grand piano. It's a $135,000 piano that I played on. Whoa, dude. That's yeah. like as much as a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, see, the thing about a piano, um, you, you know, it's not like hip-hop where you can record that in your house. If you're recording piano, you got to go to the best studios. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Otherwise, it sounds like somebody's ass. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, and what if? And what if? Okay, well, um, we're gonna let you go, Evan. How um okay. how can fans uh, look up your music and contact you and support you on social media? Uh, Evan Wish. Mm-hmm. Evan you, Wish. E V A N W I S H. On Facebook. Okay. Uh, YouTube, and you know, man, I just I wanted to. I really want. I, I you know. I wanted to do my piano in Japan, so... I was even thinking it's my girlfriend, my wife's birthday on uh, March 14th. I was even going to probably take her down to your show. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good, nice gift. <laughs> yes, I thought so as well. So uh, you'll have to come back again next March 14th to make this yeah, well, happen for real. I might be there sooner, you know? I mean, All right. I, I, don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. We have to wait for everything to open up again on Monday, you know? <laughs> Please let us know um, any updates, um, and we'll mention it on the next show. If it's if you know people can still make it, if you'll still have shows here in Tokyo, we can uh, always uh, announce those here as well. Right on! I really appreciate you guys for taking the time to talk with me tonight. Yeah, it's you a got pleasure. a friend on uh, Japan yeah. What Podcast. Yeah, Kevin Wish. Thank you for calling. And uh, we'll, consider uh, uh, consider getting an Instagram because I imagine you've taken a few photos in your time, and uh, <laughs> I bet that that would be. Uh, uh, really I have, fascinating. I have, Insta- I have Instagram. Oh, okay. All right. You, uh, so, how can we find that? Evan I, Wish. Is it Evan I, Wish? Uh, just. I think it's Evan Wish Pianist. Okay. Evan Wish Pianist on Instagram as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, Evan. Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care and good luck. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye bye now. Take off, eh? Take off, bro. <laughs> yeah, hoser. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know he's from Canada. <laughs> yeah. This is um, And What If from the 
I love that transition. Oh, kind of peeking out here. All right, well, we'll stop it there. Yeah, beautiful. God, I was really getting into that. Me too. Well, uh, I was not expecting the interview to go that way. Me neither. That <laughs> I was, was crazy. Like, I had Jesus. a whole thing planned. Yeah. And, um, no wonder he was like kind of not the best. He was he's receiving all this crazy information. So yeah, I, wasn't I know. Sure, what he was doing when he was communicating with me. To, yeah, because getting this thing done and right. trying to promote the shows and all that. But so this all goes back to logistics, man. Yeah, it's it's the the coronavirus isn't a virus problem, like I was saying. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a logistics nightmare. Right, right. And I mean, when you're planning all this six months in advance, who could? Who could predict anything like this would happen? Yeah, you can kind of predict markets in a way. Yeah, but you can't predict this type of um, biological, vol- volatility. Yeah. yeah, biological volatility. Right. Unless you're in my pants. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Um, but uh, you know, gosh, I hope it works out though. I really do. I, I hope uh, he's able to reschedule those shows. And because uh, uh, once you've invested that kind of money, that seems like a God, like a life-changing, you know, for yeah, the worse, yeah, frankly. You, you get really screwed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, he announced his uh, links. Check him, Evan Wish, on Facebook, on uh, YouTube and Instagram, and uh, check him out and uh, support him, uh, for sure. Mr. Wish. Yeah. Well, that just makes me want to go out and get a bunch of drinks for some reason. And yeah. I would almost, like play with these toys outside if that were the case. If only such a thing could ever possibly be possible in this world of endless possibilities. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Tom? actually. Yes, um, as well as everyone who occasionally likes to drown their sorrows in a, in a, a few pints or so. Giggly um, juice. <laughs> I call it Pango Bye Bye Juice. Ah. Thank you, Patton Oswalt. Um I don't know if you've uh, seen actually these things. I call called, it "Leave Me Alone." <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Just get very direct. I like that. Yeah. Now, um, have you seen these uh, large, like, kind of gumball machines that have these uh, plastic toys and capsules? Um, there's the, if you uh, go to any toy store, and frankly, in stations nowadays, you can find them anywhere. They're called uh, gachapon or gashapon yeah. uh, machines. Gotcha, gotcha. And, they sell pretty much any kind of toy and... Anything. Yeah, pretty much anything. That's where the myth of the you can buy Japanese women's underwear... Oh, is it from that? ...comes from. Oh, I But didn't... it's not really Japanese. It's 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 like... It's a fake stain on a, on a pair of underwear, but it's not actually... Actually, yeah, okay. Actually. Yeah, I think I have seen that. Um, yes. So, yeah. In the, the machine, not the actual... Yeah. Anyway. So I <laughs> bought once... They also have like medical... Um, Models where you oh, can really? get like your nervous system inside of a, a plastic ball or something. Like that. I was actually shopping Weird. for them um, for Christmas for um, my nephew, and I saw one that was awesome. It was like a sleeve of a shirt, but they painted it that it looked like a cyborg, so you could put it over your arm, and it made it look like you had a cyborg arm. Cool. I thought that was awesome. That's awesome. But even cooler than that. Japanese public intoxication on parade in new line of capsule toys. Intoxication on parade. Now I saw this and I started laughing. Um, this is from a sort of news as 
As a country with a lenient attitude towards drinking in public, it's not uncommon to, uh, during certain seasons to see people struggling with their own bodily functions on the street. A businessman stripped of his ability to stay awake or a reveler with a suddenly overactive gag reflex are among the many drunks whom dot the urban landscape like wildflowers. And now these sights, but mercifully not sounds and smells of public intoxication, can be yours 24-7 with a new line of capsule toys from Tamaku. The series called Yopadai Now, Drunk Now, is made up of five different lushes, each in a different predicament and measuring about five centimeters, two inches in height. All the greatest hits are here. Uh, I'll just uh, comment on the ones. One is a man um, passed out with a road cone on his head. One of them is a guy draped over, kind of in a draped pose, uh, passed out. One is a, a balding salary man um, hey. who has lost his pants, and he's just sitting kind of pondering life. How did I get here? And there is a um, a, a woman that actually looks like she is kind of holding something, It's possibly like a, a telephone pole to keep herself from falling over. You can put in a toothpick to use that, actually, They uh, or something else. And um, there is a woman who is vomiting into a trash basket. Um <laughs> Uh, very accurate depictions from what I've seen uh, in bars and train stations. Yeah, I saw these toys. They 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 really put the the realism into the toy. And yeah, they don't try to emphasize it. like they're not drunken ninjas or something like no, that. No, no, these just regular people that you see. Um, Eleven thirty p.m. Yep, they've had a bit too much to drink at an office party, and now they're stumbling home. Yeah. Um, uh, very accurate. I have a feeling if they're successful, though, the drunken ninjas might be next. I hope they do drunken animals because I like those. They always seem to have animals in weird poses. Yeah, so, that's um, a good point. yeah, seeing drunk people pass down the train station was one of the most disconcerting things I'd seen in when I first came to Japan. I don't know, like it was just like you can do this. Yeah, you don't feel like nervous about getting ripped off or anything. No, like, and yeah, nobody does. Nobody seems to care. Yeah, that's Japan. That's Japan. Um... Give me a give me a drop. I am the king of the ring. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna finish off. I, I, we got time actually. Let's let's okay. do. A, I, I'm saving up all of these tech reports. Okay. I want to get to at least one of them. All right. Um, this one is going to be. Um, everybody says the Internet of Things yeah. is stupid, and I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Internet of Things is going to be like uh, the way LED lights are kind of in everything suddenly. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, everybody's like, LED lights, but yeah. you can't really use them for very much, but then all of a sudden they're everywhere. Yeah, okay. IoT is going to be similar to that. And the key to the Internet of Things mm-hmm. is that the more boring it gets, the more appropriate it is for the Internet of Things. Okay. Especially for things like predictive maintenance. Okay. Or um, accessing machinery through an application through your phone or something like okay. that. Okay. And so if you can have a sensor inside of a piece of equipment mm-hmm. that has a heat sensor on it, and if it's getting too hot, you can sense that in real time, and then you can send somebody there to replace that part instead of that part burning out and stopping the machine and causing a whole bunch of delays, and then you have mm. to spend a whole bunch more money getting, fixing that part and hiring uh, better and better specialists, you can predict when that part is going to burn out. 
And then I you see. just okay. you maintain it instead of replacing it. So it's mundane kind of uh, routine things that we use every day that are now connected to the inter- internet, which on the surface doesn't seem so important, but can actually be very quite beneficial and efficient. That's right. Yeah. There's oh, a Schneider or Schnaff. I can't remember, but there's a Switzerland company from Switzerland, an elevator company. Okay. And they are putting a whole bunch of these things into their elevators so that they can maximize the efficiency of elevators because more and more people are working in bigger and bigger offices mm. mean that that elevators become a choke point. Yeah. And if you spend 10, 20 minutes waiting for elevators in your day and you multiply that by 10,000 people, that's yeah. a lot of um, wasted. It, yeah, it all hours. adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. But this company has is using Huawei, mm. which is the Chinese manufacturer. Right, okay. So now this elevator company mm-hmm. is letting Huawei gain access to all of the elevators that it's using in real time and can understand the positions and the speed you're basically outsourcing mm. the yeah. inside knowledge of all of your uh, all of your connected your devices, yeah. yeah, to a foreign government, which is re- not, uh, not it, smart. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's a company in Japan okay. that's using IoT yes. for washing machines because coin laundry is yeah. becoming quite popular. One operator is tapping the latest technology to track customers. It offers an app that lets you reserve a machine ahead of time. There are also security options. If you don't want people to see what you're washing, a click makes the machine window go dark. And you can lock the door with the app too so no one else can remove your clothes. The company also aims to use the app to track weather information and automatically offer discounts on sunny days. More and more women will work and society will continue to age. I think this means many more people will look for ways to outsource laundry. <laughs> so that's, that's one aspect of an IoT for you, you can book it in advance. You go there, and then you can turn off the window, yeah. shut of the window, and it seems like it's super boring. Yeah, yeah. But maybe good. Yeah, overall good for society, especially an aging society. And where women are working. <laughs> <laughs> the voice yeah, was a little disconcerting. <laughs> I know, yeah. Who chose that? Who chose that voice? And, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I can see that being very valuable. I hope it's also not um, something that's used to kind of uh, project and kind of uh, give signals of when to increase prices. That always... See, that's the other thing. That's the that's, other side that's of the coin. That's what it can be used for. Of the coin laundry. And maybe it should be used for that. Should it? Yeah, because you, you can offer lower prices during um, less busy times. Okay. And then you can high, raise the prices during busy times. So then you can offload busy traffic into uh, uh, time areas where it's not so busy. Yeah. There's a restaurant chain. There's an application, no, a website. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but they, um, they, they, they surge price. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. meal that you have on a Saturday night is not the same value as a meal you have on a Wednesday night mm. to you in your lifestyle. Right, right. So they purposefully create these pricing options to funnel people who want to pay less or want to pay more into yeah. the time slot that's most appropriate for them. I see. And then they order in advance so you know what to make in the kitchen right? and all of these things. And now you have all this predictive knowledge and you can efficiently run your business and raise co- costs and raise prices. 
I'm just fearing in one year I'll walk into a restaurant and I'll be like, I'll have this. Okay, thank you, Mr. Molesky. We'll get your pizza. I'm like, what, what, wait, wait. You like pepperoni, right? Uh, extra cheese? Uh, uh, that, that always, I don't know. Check your phone. There's a discount. Yeah, I know. This should, it shouldn't, but it bothers me a little yeah. bit. I don't want them knowing that much about me. Well, you don't have to You don't have to go there if you don't want to. That's true, it's, too. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be the... Uh, or imagine <laughs> me like calling. They're like, oh, we got it, Mr. Molesky. You canceled. All right, thank you. And it's like... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It no, I don't want to... <laughs> you transport into the future yeah. to, to cancel your past event. <laughs> right. It's the internet of things. It's time control, people. It's time liberal. control. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to our final segment. Final segment announcing now. It's a good tuna, but I think I paid too much. Stupid Gadget of the Week. Stupid Gadget. SGOTW. Tokyo Metropolitan Police have arrested two male Colombian nationals who are suspected of carrying out dozens of break-ins in the Kanto area. The men allegedly broke into the residence of in Hachioji City and stole about 100,000 yen in cash and other items. Over the past two months, we did this about 50 times, one of the suspects was quoted. Police believe the amount of cash and valuables uh, stolen totals about 40 million yen. My goodness. That's a lot of yen. That is a lot. Is that about 400,000? Was there anything else that they did? Did they like slip on a banana peel or something on their last break in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, that would really be a good some Keystone yeah, cops. Yeah, there was a uh, they identified the pattern of the of the silhouette of the body as, uh-huh. it, as it burst through the wall. Yeah, right. Belonging to the Colombian gentleman. Ironically, they walked by a coin laundry and the camera caught them. <laughs> Facial <laughs> recognition. <laughs> <laughs> or they wash their clothes afterwards and they're like, hey, wait a minute, these aren't your clothes. <laughs> yes, these belong to Colombians. Yeah. <laughs> these are Colombian clothings. My goodness. Now, um, if they got a, almost, well, they, they didn't get away with it. I guess that qualifies for the... Uh, 50 times. Yeah. Are we going to call it the, uh, what is it, S-G-O-T-W or the the Skotwa? No, that doesn't. Stogwa? What can Stogua. we? How should we? Stogwas. There are a couple of Stogwas. What can we say? There are a couple of Stogwas. Okay. Wandering Did, around, taking people's stuff. Do these necessarily qualify as Stogwas, though? Yes. Are they stupid? They're uh, Colombians. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I like how you lowered your voice for that. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, I believe them to be extremely foolish um, because they, over a few months, they did it 50 times. Yeah. Uh, which means they're not covering their tracks very well. And uh, being of uh, of an ethnic minority or a visible minority, okay. the more you do stuff like that, the higher it's going to spike in the um, crime statistics. Uh, okay, fair enough. And, uh, yeah, I don't want them giving us a bad name in general, but, like, yeah. Yeah, Colombians, like, stop. I, I, I blame all Colombians on these two. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, Colombians, stop giving us a bad name. If you had only <laughs> stopped it 49 times, you would have been fine. Yes. <laughs> all, of, all of the Colombians wouldn't be giving all of the non-Colombians a bad image. <laughs> now, of course, we should always be looking at this on an individual basis. My I know Colombians who are not criminals. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> All right. Okay. Don't commit crimes. Be good. Don't be a stoker. Pay your taxes. Be a good citizen. It's the only way forward in this world of surveillance capitalism. That's right. And wash your hands. 
damn it. Uh, <laughs> now, what do you <laughs> I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home. <laughs> okay. How are we for time, actually, on this? Uh, we got to get... I think we're good. I think we're done. All right. Done diddlies. If that's the case, let me just uh, plug uh, one show coming up again on... March uh, 7th, I believe Saturday, is Andrew Holtby's uh, Music Room Sessions Live with uh, guests, uh, was that, Brad, shoot, I had that written wrong, sorry, uh, Brian Smith and Brad Sidway, I think it is. Um, yes, in any case, come down and check it out at Infinity Books and Event Space uh, Asakusa. Excuse me. Um, definitely check that out. Andrew will be a guest in a future show, and he always puts on a very interesting combination of both interviews and live performances. All right. And with that, striving high, moving forward, and avoiding the logistics nightmare of the coronavirus... This has been the Japan Wood Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matthew Bigelow. Stay safe. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home. Is it?